Welcome to Don't Worry You're Enough podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Tuchek. Hi. Hi, friends. I love how we just jump right into it. We, like, don't have any pre- <laughs> no pretext. No. Like... We, don't even, we don't even say hello to each other. We're like, <laughs> show up and hit record. I mean... That's sort of how it started anyways, is show up and hit record. It's true. How's, how's your other podcast it's going? Good. We, uh, yeah, pre-recording. I have two trailers up now for it, and it is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, Anchor, I'm on. Okay. I think I'm on Amazon Music, and I am on iHeartRadio as well. So very exciting. Very exciting. Okay, good. It was good. Your Which Story Matters yours? podcast. Wait, your story matters. We're just looking right. things up in real time, There's everyone. Wait. This is the point of the show where yeah. Wait, what? you can either pause the podcast. With yeah, Kayla. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, okay, I found it. Sorry. Oh, yay. I, I'm, I'm subscribing yay, right yay. now. That's why I needed a moment. Because I, oh, that's a cute, thank that's a you. cute um, cover. I love thank that. You, thank you. It was, just a, it was just a little hard to read your that name. That makes sense. Because. Um, it says your story matters. Your story matters. It doesn't say your story matters. It Show me the thing underneath it. Like, it's the yeah. It's the one with the photo. So yeah, it yes, says your story it, matters. It. Your story matters. It. Yeah, because there's others like your story matters. Justin Walters. You know, like there's other names. But I yay! Cool. Sweet. So now I'm on it. Let's be. I'm gonna rate it five stars. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> haven't listened but i'm giving it five stars so unlike the lady who listened to us three times and was like how dare they have a podcast it's pretty so much i'm like oh well pretty much. you know what sorry <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your day yeah really <laughs> no it's good it's exciting i kind of took a page out of your book when you were saying that you take the last couple weeks of the year or whatever like after your conference is done to kind of go through and then look into plan into next year and so I had we had known the end was coming long before we had announced it to everyone that we will be wrapping this lovely train ride and I was like okay I have three or three or four months you know how can I be productive proactive and really do some progress on this thing so coming up with kind of the theme for January. I kind of like, I think I might structure it by theme-ish. Um, and it might last a full month. Oh, cool. It might kind of like carry on. Um, Who's to say? Yeah. yeah. Who's to say? And so. And there's no structure you have to follow. Correct. You know, it's just like correct. whatever you feel like. I just wanted to kind of get my bearings at least kind of very lightly in pencil outline like the first quarter of next year. Um and just kind of be like, okay, kind of like, where do I want to take it? Obviously, leave it open-handed, and it'll be me sometimes. It'll be guests, and I think that'll be really nice to not have everything be on my shoulders because, again, it's so much easier with two people. You just kind of go riff-raff as mm-hmm. we do, but for something that is a little bit more – it's not more structured, but it's a little bit more tailored, and our conversations have kind of gone everywhere, which is fabulous. I wanted to hone this – this new podcast in a little bit with a tiny little little fence um oh for but, sure yeah and i think that makes the conversation a little i think structure is always great <laughs> we just kind of got off the rails towards the end of this because 
we were just, from what we heard from talking to people was they appreciated the easy conversation, the conversational type yes. atmosphere that the podcast brought. And like we were saying in previous podcasts, it was so funny if you go back and listen to, you know, older ones, how structured and written out and like word for word kind of things we were so scared about all that. But that's the feedback that I got was the conversation piece. But when you're trying to host with someone else that isn't necessarily used to that type of flow, that conversational flow, it, you gotta have structure yeah. and you have to have preset questions and you have to like, it's a little bit more nerve wracking, but I think you'll do great because you like we were talking about, you've had the experience now of kind of picking it up and not panicking when there's dead air yeah. or anything like that, which we haven't had much. And if there is dead air, then you cut That's it out. That's right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've, learned, so, I mean, I've learned the tricks. Um, no, but it's fun and it's exciting. That was one of the things that I was listening to Annie, Annie F. Downs or, or John A. Cuff when I would listen to his podcast. It seems so streamlined. And it seems so quick and not choppy, but very tight. Mm. And I kept thinking, and of course they have production people that obviously edit their stuff and make it sound amazing and all the things. And obviously she has a studio that she does it in. But I, until we started doing the podcast and editing and doing all the things, it was so funny to me that you could just cut out the ums and ahs and repeating phrases and things like that. I And then it just opened up this whole new, just my brain was expanded on on that. You know what I mean? It, it just yeah. was so hilarious to me. I'm like, oh, well, they're so tight because they cut out all their ums and ahs and likes and you knows. And it's so funny. And I wonder how much they do cut out. That would be fascinating for me to know. Not necessarily like, yeah, we cut out 27 ums and 17 likes, nothing like that. But of the, okay, how much extra time? Because you you have edited like three-fourths of this whole podcast and I have taken on probably like since the summer until the end. And if there's a little bit of dead space, it's literally like I can cut out two seconds and literally no one knows, but it doesn't make it so long of a lag if there doesn't need to be one and I remember asking Mike I was when I was doing my Enneagram with Michaela interviews there would be several interviews where it was like holy crap I talk a lot and I also say um and like more than I think I ever have even though I did have some guided questions and then we did a lot of stuff on the spot of just kind of going in Mm -hmm. direction where I felt that the conversation was going And the amount of ums that I cut out for myself was very telling of like, oh, good grief. Like you can pause and silence is fine. But just that, again, it's thinking on my feet and it's just like, um, um, um. So he was like, it's okay if you have a couple in there because it shows you're actively thinking. Right. As opposed to letting the audience know that like you're a robot. I'm paraphrasing. But he was like, a couple ums is okay. Yeah, I agree. And it's just funny the the word like has entered our lexicon like it's entered our language the english language there is similar phrasing and other in like spanish and french you know for pauses and and connecting thoughts and whatnot but yeah it's one of those things you can't avoid and 
it's our generation and younger that that's just what we know. We know that that, that is that. Yeah. I do think with Annie and some of these other people who, even like a Joe Rogan, I don't know if you remember, I've, his podcasts are so freaking long, but I've listened to a couple of his. They're just so good at the arts, like articulating their thoughts and articulating them clearly. And that's obviously due to experience. I mean, they've been doing it for years and years and years. It's just yeah. funny to look at the minute details of cutting out two seconds in a podcast and you're like, was that even necessary? Or was that, <laughs> did that move the, move the plot along? But I, insert dance break. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's why I was spending so much time in the beginning editing because I wanted to make it very, I wanted the listener to have a very clean, no really long pauses. Because we were, we were trying to think of whatever the question was or, or just trying to think of things to talk about. Not that we didn't have things to talk about, but you know what I mean. We were just trying to articulate right. our thoughts and, and have a conversation. And sometimes that results in a three to five second pause. <laughs> or cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> yeah. Cut that, you know, that type of thing. A great learning curve, especially. And yeah, I think just the amount that we have, I, I will continue to say it until, you know, the day I die, but the amount of progress that we have made as conversationalists on this podcast from starting out being very scripted to now, as soon as we got on this um recording platform we're like hi i'm ready we take a drink of our sparkling water and then we hit record <laughs> like some days we'd have like 15 minutes of conversation beforehand just to catching up on stuff that you know we don't need to not necessarily bore you with but you know drag you along and and now it's just like okay we're ready and then it just happens and i think that this is life like if we would have gone to a coffee shop this is exactly what we would have been doing so it's mm -hmm. like yeah making it very real relatable and fun. I have, so today I was thinking about, so we had phrases that we, so I had, to, I looked back, so I had a book that I started at the beginning of the year, and then we had phrases that we were talking about and things that was our word of the year or phrase of the year or whatever. And I don't think I stood up to mine, and I don't know if you want to talk about this now or later, but I figured we might as well talk about it now, is <laughs> I think my, my word was, um, or phrase was show up for yourself and show up for things. But I don't think I really showed up for myself, nor do I think I really understood what that phrasing meant. But what I think for next year, because it's popped up a couple times, and I always am apt to listen to the Holy Spirit, which I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit, right, is the phrase consistency beats intensity every time. Yeah, that's good. Because Oh, that was Father Mike who said that. Yeah. Yeah, and yes. that showed, so I saw that, and then I saw it another, I heard it another time, someone said, just be consistent, Diane, you don't need to be, it doesn't need to be intense, I'm like, okay, and then it was some other things, and I'm like, okay, I get it, it means consistency <laughs> beats intensity every time, and that could be for anything, that could be reading the Bible in a year, which is what it originally, the purpose was. The, because the Father Mike does a podcast in a year, Bible in a year, and I think he, that was something that he had mentioned. And then it could be your workout schedule. It could be your work schedule. It could be – I was finding that I wasn't communicating with friends and family as much as I used to. I used to be really on point with, like, over-communicating with friends and family on 
birthdays, like even just sending birthday cards. Like I was really you good. You did that religiously. I was really good for like a year or two. And then just this year, I think I it just died off. And so I'm just trying to be consistent and it's hard. Do you think the fact that we are resorting back into our hermit stages or our hibernative stages? Yes, that's what the entire earth is doing on this side of the globe and are we kind of retreating back to like 2020 where we couldn't talk to anybody and we were just trying to figure out how to navigate our world because sometimes I think that like there's people I haven't talked to since my wedding through really no faults of any party involved Mm -hmm. but it is it takes that time of inconsistency might just mean like you check in once a month Like, I have a couple friends that, like, that is the frequency of our relationship, and that works. And sometimes I have an issue with communicating on a deep level every week, except if it's with a therapist. But it's like, I haven't lived enough life in order to give you a report and us to have something to talk about. So very long-winded question, but do you think that we are retreating back because it's winter, because it's getting cold, we don't want to socialize, and therefore it's we're having a harder time like picking up that phone or sending that text, do you think? I think I've had a lot less energy this year than I have. And I think it's just because I was burnt out. And I think that's sort of why the podcast was kind of one of those things that I was like, I think this should end, you know, it wasn't just me, you know, it was a mutual, it was a mutual conversation. For me, it was just energy and the consistency and energy go hand in hand. (laughs) And I found that I just wasn't, and, and that connects to our conversation last week where I was talking about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, where I was talking about weight, like this is the heaviest I've ever been. I haven't been consistent with, with just moving, you, not even, not even just, yeah, so it is, this, it's, it, yes, uh, yes, and, yes, it is our hibernative mode, but I'm trying to combat that. And I always seem to do that towards this zone, this feeling of, okay, we're going into hibernation mode. We can't go out as much. And and, I mean, granted, you can go out, but yeah, it's hibernation mode. You know, it's cold, snow's coming. You know, you just, yes, you you kind of slow down. But I think I've been like that since the beginning of the year. I think I was on this (laughs) downward spiral. And granted, it wasn't a bad year. I think just so much, like we were saying before, so much has happened this year that my brain and my spirit and everything else is just burnt out so the light was a little dimmed because even I felt a little not depressive but it's a little more judgmental a little bit more grouchy you know things like that I'm like where is this coming from like I would never categorize myself as like so I don't know I don't know what it is I think it was just like a crazy year I think so too and I find myself within the last couple days of this week kind of like plateauing and starting to descend a little bit. I mean, on Sunday, I our tree is up and our string of lights is on the floor because I started, but it must have just been it was raining and that, that color, <laughs> that hue that the sky gets, I immediately started to get a migraine and I like passed out for three hours because I'm like, I can't, mm. I cannot do this. And I kind of feel a little bit of it, the, you know, the day we're recording. And it is one of those where listen to your body if you need to rest, drink water, drink some tea, have another cup of coffee, whatever we say to get get you going. But again, it's that fact of it's okay that 
we're innately trying to slow down because our side of the world is slowing down. And so there is that it is okay. Do what you have to do and like be okay with the fact that the light might not be as bright as it is in the summer or whatever. And just being okay with that. But also, again, as you say, trying to find those combative ways of communication. Even if I, I never did this. I said I would do this earlier this year of write out everybody that I stay in contact with frequently. And this is a little bit too structured for my Enneagram 4-ness, but there's beauty in it. So I'll try to I'll try to rein myself in. But make a list of everyone who I communicate with on a regularly on a regular basis and then figure out when to text them so that I know that I'm staying up to date. And that might seem like if you're really good friends, you should just be able to send a text and not have to worry about making it so structured. But life gets ahead of you. The holidays are coming up. So obviously that's a wild and crazy busy time. And then hibernating and doing everything else. I'm not showing up for myself and for other people. And so it's like, okay, maybe I do need to be structured in a way that I can get on a rhythm so that one day I won't need to worry about, hey, text three people on Monday, text three people on Wednesday or whatever. You know, and there, and there I can pick and choose how I do that. But I think I mm-hmm. need to do that for the winter. Because again, I've gone months without talking to people and it's like, that's not good or healthy. Oh. <laughs> For sure. And there've been a lot of instances where even this summer, I reached out to friends of mine that I had not seen in a while and was contacting them to get together. And I'd say, hey, let me know some dates, like, let's get together. And then it would just die. And then by the time they would, and and they're, you know, they're guilty of it as much as I am. Time would get away from us and then no one would respond. And then by the time they responded, I didn't even want to go anymore. And it's more of, and it's not that I don't like them and I don't want to hang out. It's become that very, it's just the world we're in right now. I think it's just how it is. It'll get better. Yeah. Next year is going to be yeah. just as weird because it's going to be, you know, so much time has passed three years since the beginning of COVID. So that's Isn't just that a weird, weird, it's a weird time. That's so much that's time. It's like, it feels like it was yesterday and you're telling me that it's almost three years. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. (laughs) And just what has happened in my life personally and professionally and yours, like within three years. I don't think I have ever been so present and aware of what is happening right under my nose. It would be a case of like seven years from now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like seven years ago, we were three years out of the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. But I think I'm so acutely aware of what is happening and how much has happened that I am looking forward to the hibernation of resting <laughs> because I mm-hmm. think my word for this year, and I, I, I remember I said it constantly when I talked to other uh, friends about planning for the wedding and like some hiccups that came around from people that I wasn't expecting to have hiccups with. And it was capacity. And it's like, I do not have capacity for certain things in my life, for certain people all the time for conversations to be had all the time and it was really on one hand it could definitely be seen as selfish but on the other hand you know boundaries are a wonderful and beautiful thing it just depends on how you look at them that you know I don't have capacity for certain people at certain times in my life because it's too much and I need to like step away if that happens organically wonderful if that needs to be a conversation that happens to let the other person know that needs to be what happens but 
yeah, the word was capacity. It's like, what do I have room for? And what can I say no to? Not because I don't care, but I just know that it's not going to be as profitable, fulfilling, purposeful than if I just did everything without a care. And then as a super important. So I chose that. And then as a um, new business and whatnot, capacity is probably a good word for you don't need to be at full capacity to be successful, that you can be at 50% or you could be at 25% capacity and have a great product or a great, you know, something, whatever capacity could be to you, whatever that means to you. Because I'm thinking like full capacity is not healthy in any, at any, maybe if you have a full tank of gas, that's the only way it's healthy. Full capacity Mm -hmm. for your car, full tank of gas, that's probably the only thing I can think of. But if you told me we're going to be at full capacity for an event, a full capacity for our days, you know, work days of activity, things like that, that sounds terrible to me. Yeah from that respect but from capacity like I don't have the capacity it could be yeah I was just thinking when you were talking about that it was more of like I was thinking of you and in your business that Mm -hmm. if you don't have like full capacity it does not mean you're not successful yeah and just with this first year of it being slow but learning a lot then that is another wonderful layer of the foundation to say hey what worked this year what didn't what would I like to try How's your Etsy store? I, this is exactly <laughs> what I knew would happen. It's exactly what I knew would happen. So I launched it. That's okay it. if it you don't want to talk about it. No, it's perfectly fine. Okay. I still have like products hanging up in my, um, in my garage. The good thing is I didn't start out with too much stuff, but now I want to hone back and do a couple of things, but do them really well. And so One of my goals for next year is that living here in Medina, we have a lot of arts and crafts fairs and different uh, events all throughout the year. So I want to try to get my feet wet in being a part of a couple of them, like having a table and having that in front of people. Because having an online presence is one thing, but it's almost like you have to work really hard to make people go out of their way to look at your stuff, especially if they're not in the market for exactly what it is I'm doing. And I'm still trying to hone that in a little bit. But if they're at a craft fair already and they're walking through the aisles and they just happen to put eyes on my table, then that is, you know, way better than convincing people online that they should click a link and go here and do all the things. So just getting me more visible, I think that's the goal, at least for the Etsy shop, and then figuring out, okay, what do I really want to do or mm-hmm. how do I how do I just narrow stuff down? So I'm not at full capacity doing something that's not my full-time gig but also a nice side hustle that could just be a wonderful creative outlet. And if it makes money, great. If not, I had a good time doing it. So oh, yeah. I remember for Yellow Door Goods when I initially started, I think I told you this, I was making things. I was like crocheting things, but then I was also doing like Mod Podge, like different products. And it was like just a bunch of different things. It was all these different things that I was making. And then I was doing custom orders for uh, different things. And it was fun while it lasted and I did sell some things which was hilarious that people would buy <laughs> crocheted things from me but it it was just 
funny because I, I'm sure it wasn't good and I could be just very give crit- yourself some credit. I, I could just be very that's... critical, but I just was like, I can't believe people bought this stuff. Yeah. It, and then I was like, yeah, I can't, I don't think this makes sense anymore. And that's when we switched gears completely and went to antiques. And um, yeah. so it's just funny how it evolved in that. And I learned a lot about shipping too, so, which I didn't previously oh, yeah. know. Oh, but yeah. Jason was used to eBay and, and doing all the stuff on eBay. So he was a pro at it. Well, that's good. That's good. And again, it's like, Try something, and if it doesn't work, that's okay. I think within yeah. the last two years, I have tried a lot more than I have and have been okay with failing. And failing doesn't necessarily mean hitting rock bottom, like staring up into the sky like, God, why, oh, why? Mm-hmm. But just being like, okay, that didn't work. Or maybe Etsy is not the platform for me. Maybe I, in the future I move everything to my website and just have a one-stop shop, literally, Good. as yeah. opposed to having various other outlets that are – it just might be too much to manage because I don't have an assistant or a production person or anything like that. So it's looking, it's like, okay, what do I have capacity for that I can run at maybe 75% or maybe like going down to 50 and still being good, but without having to do everything out of 10 all the time. And that's just priority, you know, make a couple crafts and see if I do a spring thing. And if that doesn't sell, then keep them until the fall or something like that. So it's been a, a really good learning curve yeah you just got to find your niche that's all that's it whatever it makes we're just sense. we're just out here finding it so yep i wish you well thank you i know you'll do great in whatever you. you do whatever you put your mind thank to you. you will do great and you haven't failed at all you've just switched gears i just don't think you've yeah. found yet what you want to do you know, you haven't found We're, we're yet. getting closer. You're, you haven't, yeah. So you're, you're trying to marry all of the things that we're getting you love. There. Yeah. So you're, it's just like maybe just around the corner, just around the river bend <laughs> from, from Pocahontas. Love it. I love that phrase you said, we're just changing gears instead of having something fail. And really life is yeah. all about changing gears and pivoting. You know, granted, pivoting is a dance term, but it really Plot is twist. a mental thing as well. It's like, okay, that didn't work. What does? Go, and there you have it. Did they say plot twist? Yes. Oh, I love it. You know what's funny is talking, going going straight to a Disney track for about two minutes here. Love okay. Pocahontas. And I've actually seen Pocahontas 2, which all of the Disney princesses basically have a follow-up movie. Oh, I didn't know that. The Lion King has a follow-up movie. It also has like one and a half, whatever the heck that means. But anyway, we are all used to just the regular Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, yada, yada. And so I really like Pocahontas too. And it follows a little bit more historically her going to England and then obviously not having a very long life. She died like early 20s just because of, she was not immune to all of, dysentery um (laughs) to the white man's diseases you know Uh, and i can't blame her smallpox something like that it was kind of a little bit of everything uh just being so immuno shocked with to the new environment any all that to say when i was in college and trying to look for okay what's a disney song that's not a disney song in the sense of what's something that no one knows exists except I do and obviously the people who wrote the song. But I actually found a really nice song from Pocahontas 2 that I I think I recorded it with Helen when I was doing voice lessons with her and I was so glad I found it. I just never got a chance to use that song for a show. 
but it was the perfect Disney song that was still Disney, but not too in your face with like Let It Go or We Don't Talk About Bruno or whatever the heck is like famous nowadays. But I worked really hard to find that and I'm glad I did. No, Christina Aguilera. What was that? No. Oh, that was Mulan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't sound like her. No. What I was it? I don't like, remember what the song uh... is called. Name that tune. <laughs> tune. Oh, that should be our next episode. Name that tune. Um, we just go through our musical theater books. <laughs> One last concert, hurrah! I'm trying to think of what that song is from Pokemon. Oh, geez. The good thing too is like it was like the second verse, and we transposed it into a higher a higher key. Because I'm fine singing mezzo in my shower, but as soon as I'm in front of people. My tone is want, want all over the place. And so just to be safe, we're like, we're just going to take this a, a, a step higher. Oh, my gosh. You would die. So I had choir on last Tuesday, and I'm a soprano, and uh, soprano one. And I'm literally in the third row back center of this choir. And we're singing. We're preparing for our Christmas show in December. And he's like, I can't even remember what song it was. I think it's Sing We All Know Well. Dun. I don't know if you know that song. I can't. I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Yep. Anyways, so we're singing this song, and he's like, okay, I need everyone. Or he goes, I need everyone to sing except Diane. <laughs> I was like, uh, Okay. And so then he's like, okay, Diane, you can sing. Everyone sing, including Diane. And then the woman next to me is like, I don't want you to sing. And so then he was like, and then he would say to this other person, because he was, as a choir director, they have they have just like keenly in tune ears, right? Yep. yep. Music directors, choir directors, professional musicians that are, that are concert band leaders, things like that. They have a keenly, plus all of the music is coming towards them versus if you're in the, in the choir, you're all, I can only hear the person next to me on either side. Right. I can't hear the people in front of me. I can barely hear other parts. I can only hear the people around me. And I just thought that was so funny. And it just made me laugh. I don't know why I brought it up, but it made me laugh because I thought you would get a kick out of it. He was like, Diane, I don't need you. Oh, I know why. Cause you were talking about tone. And I was telling the woman next to me, I go, he's singling me out and I am blending. It's because I have a certain tone in my voice. And mm-hmm. Cam would say the same thing because I know he's obviously heard me sing. Yeah. And it's something that I can't control. It's a, it's a, it's not some, I can change the volume of yeah. my voice. I can't change the tone of my voice, right? Because it's, it is you're born with that tone that's what you were that's your god-given tone so that just cracked me up because he's like i think because i i can pinpoint someone that is just out of the choir right like not blending yeah and i was like it's that's not me (laughs) he didn't say it was me he it it, it wasn't me but um yeah he was like it's not he goes, I can't figure out who it is. He goes, but I'm hearing just one person on Something. this one note, on this one word that is sticking out to me. So I'm like, yep. oh, God, sorry. 
Those were Hopefully the days. Oh, me. I miss it. I miss it. Because back in the day, I was in this um, choir in high school that you had to audition for, and it was like 32 members and we did so much throughout the year but christmas was really special um oh yeah we the would best. kind of they're like the best song travel and do songs and just so so much beautiful christmas music that was arranged chorally and just so beautifully that you don't hear on like like you're not going to catch mariah carey singing it which is kind of nice because she can do her own thing and we wish her well of course but like <laughs> there's something about choral christmas music that like just makes your soul cry um, but anyway, those were, those are really fun times. So I'm like thinking about that and missing it a little bit of like not being able to like put our dresses on and sing in like these big Catholic churches that we used to and having the sound resonate. It was just, oh, mm-hmm. I miss it. I miss it. One day. Well, find a choir near you and you can make it happen. I know. With I all know. the time you got now, right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like you have time. What's time? <laughs> Again, it's like everything's in seasons and they don't have to be liter- the literal four weather seasons but the season might be a week or a month or like six months out of the year so it's like you know you have to prioritize mm-hmm. like what is what what do i want to do now what would i like to do can i do this thing especially later if, the questions you have to ask yourself and especially if you know that you're going to be in that you want to get out of hibernation mode now would be a good time to to start up a hobby that gets you out of the house Yep. Whether it's a choir, whether it's volunteering, whether it's, you know, meeting with a friend once a week that you guys have a standing date. Uh, Like, I know I'm going to try to do that so I can get out of the house. Yep. I got to do something. good. Find what works for you and do it. I love it. Sounds great. We didn't even talk about about Thanksgiving. We didn't even talk about Thanksgiving. So hopefully I'm turkeyed out. Mike and I said, we are never eating turkey ever again. Um, we're going to do like, no, not even then. Like, I think like this was our last year for Turkey. We're like, we're done. We're going to have some other, like, we're going to, we're going to do something else entirely. Cause it's just, it's not, I don't love it. I never look forward to it. I can, Mm -hmm. I can tell you I've eaten like the same thing every year. Cause it all tastes the same, even though someone else made it every year, which is fine. It's not anything against who made it, but it all just tastes the same. And it's, it's not your favorite to me. Yeah. It's not yeah. my favorite. No. And I think this was the year that really solidified, like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So come up with We're something on. different. I mean, no one says you have to have turkey. A lot of no. Italians will have Thanksgiving and Christmas, and there's no turkey or ham. It's a whole yep. pasta meal, a whole, a whole bit, you know. Yeah. Who's, who's yep. to say? We didn't even do turkey. I mean, we don't eat turkey, but we went to a restaurant and met my parents. So it's. Yep. It, you don't even have to cook anymore. <laughs> you nope. can just go somewhere. Looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just a lot. Cool. Just kind of cutting one more thing out and being like, we don't have to worry about this, which is great. Just enjoy. Awesome. Love it. All right. Well, All enjoy right. your week. You as well. Bye, friends. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. If you haven't heard by now, I am launching a solo podcast in a few short weeks starting in January called Your Story Matters. It is live. The trailers are live, I shall say, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, I believe, and iHeartRadio. 
So make sure you uh, follow, subscribe, get ready for January because it's going to be very exciting.